So I asked uh, Pak Rudiantara to approach uh, Minister of Justice to ask him to put the private data privacy bill become at least number one or number two priority since mm -hmm. the quota just only three and, and within one year. I mean, myself, I don't mm -hmm. see that there are big political debates among the party. I mean, it's easy to convince them because this is everybody needs it. This is Indonesia In-Depth, and I'm Sean Corrigan. On this episode, we discuss important issues in Indonesia's technology sector, namely data privacy, data centers, and streaming services. To help us understand where things stand today, we are in Senayan, Jakarta, at the Indonesian Parliament Building, and have a very special guest, Mr. Satya Yuda. He is the Vice Chairman of House Commission 1. Commission 1 is responsible for defense, foreign affairs, intelligence, communications, and information, among others. Some background on Vice Chairman Satya Yuda. He is a senior member of the Golkar faction and lawmaker representing East Java since 2014. He has also had a long career in the private sector with British Petroleum, or BP, where he served as Director of International Affairs for BP, stationed in London, and later went on to serve several senior positions in BP in Indonesia, Beijing, and Vietnam. His special expertise has been geopolitics and energy economics. Mr. Satya has a bachelor's degree in marine engineering from the Institute Technology Sepulu November in Surabaya, and has a master's degree from UK's Cranefield University School of Industrial and Manufacturing Science. I would like to speak today on some important topics when it comes to technology and investment, particularly uh, data privacy and where the data privacy bill stands today. Can you maybe speak about where the draft bill stands today, right. where it's headed, right. and maybe what uh, some of the articles or contents in the yeah. draft? Well, data privacy is uh, quite important for uh, all of us here in Indonesia, particularly in catching up with all the technology happening in the world. So we should be uh, equipped by the data privacy bill or regulations, at least to anticipate with all the technology that now is mass, you know, fast moving. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. So what happened today is not like what we are expecting because of data privacy bill is still lies at the government side rather than you know in the parliament and we start to discuss about the matter. You know, the reason why, because it was initiated at the beginning, data privacy bills from the governments. So the government should be able to convince uh, the parliaments in order to put it into priority. So the problem is the priority for the bill in a year, just only three bills within uh, one year that initiated by the government. So the government failed to submit it, the uh, data privacy bill compared with the other bill, that what they think is more important and more needing moving. Mm -hmm. So I pushed back uh, a couple of times to the Ministry of Information and Communications you know, with regard to how they have to execute in their proposal. So we like to see <coughs> the government to propose and put into priority list at least by next year. If we cannot make it in 2018, because now it's just two or three months left, so we like to have it at least first quarter next year. So even though if you look at from <coughs> our uh, terms, it's going to end on October 2019. So we like to have a something concrete and uh, important done, 
yeah, particularly on the privacy, uh, the data privacy bill. So, uh, if the government able to uh, proceed next year together with the parliaments, then bill can be signed at least by mid of next year, by 2019 next, I mean, I mean mid of next year. So, mm-hmm. uh, our uh, term will end on October. So, we still we still have a time. You know, as long as you know the governments uh, provide with all the resources, because if the draft coming from the government, the government should prepare everything, and uh, come to the parliament for the discussions. So it has to be a complete draft, correct, to yeah. be ready to be to, to be delivered to yeah. submit it to, yeah. to 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 the parliaments. You know, kita akan meminta kepada Facebook bahwa defaultnya itu harusnya proteksi dulu. Quote, we will request Facebook to have their default data sharing mode set as private. If this is the case, data from any Facebook users will be protected unless they voluntarily wish to have their data available to the public. We shouldn't mix this up. What we have now is just the opposite, where the default mode is set to public and we have to change the settings ourselves. Unquote, said Vice Chairman of Commission 1, Setia Yuda, in April this year. So many wake-up calls, actually. If you, if you see what happened in the past when Facebook has uh, announced that there are uh, several data leaks and also impacted to the uh, Facebook users in Indonesia. And we uh, call or summon the Facebook management to the parliaments. Yeah. I forgot, probably I back in uh, May this year. And we question about <coughs> you know, how far that the uh, Facebook is responsible with all the data of the Facebook users. And our pushback to them is, uh, you know, particularly to give a more and thoroughly guidance, you know, for the Facebook users. Sometimes a lot of guidance on the Facebook platform, but the Facebook users tend to just skip it mm-hmm. you know, or make it easy. But actually a lot of uh, content that need mm-hmm. to be agreed before yeah, the process. Sometimes too much. Yeah. Sometimes too much. So we like, uh, you know, Facebook to make it simple and to give a what the consequences by signing or by say yes mm-hmm, you know to, mm-hmm. to all the uh, guidance you know that facebook gave to the user so this is one of my um, pushback during the hearing with the facebook's management and how uh, did you see their uh, reception to that well i mean uh, it's quite positive i mean they they're responsible for that that they admit that they did it wrong yeah and in in, in their case uh, even though happen is not indonesia but impacted also to indonesia if uh, they claim it around 1 million uh, you know, Facebook users from Indonesia. Mm-hmm. So uh, that's become uh, obvious that we need to have that kind of bill, you know, the private data prof- uh, mm-hmm. privacy, so important, you know, and anticipate with that kind sure. of, uh, you know, problem happen on Facebook. And the other uh, wake-up call is also coming from the headquarters of Indonesian police, you know, because of a lot of data of the users or customers being sell online. So they, you know, one of the websites that are already banned at the moment, you know, by the police, uh, they sell the data of the, you know, people, you know, mm-hmm. of Jakarta or wherever they are, m- amounted one million rup for such number of uh, data. Mm-hmm. I mean, so easy, so uh, you know, to sell the, the, the yeah, I mean, the people's data without acknowledged by the the mm-hmm. owner of the mm-hmm. data. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of uh, thing it shows us that we should uh, regulate. Yeah, we cannot yeah. just leave it yeah. like empty at the moment, you know, it's no regulation. People tend to steal the data and then sell it to the people who like to use it. So that kind of uh, stuff make us more 
cautious and also scared to be honest because mm -hmm. of uh, you know the rapid technology development at the moment yeah and you know i think last year the mobile sim cards uh -huh. millions of user data was leaked from i think providers yeah for the prepaid sim cards all right and then just recently the latest episode this month with mm -hmm. facebook again yeah between 30 and 50 million users depending on which day it is facebook mm -hmm. changed their numbers several times but mm -hmm. um that's happened recently again. So this yeah. is more than the second time for, for Facebook. Correct. So, uh, so again, you know, this is uh, become our concerns, you know, for, for Indonesia. Some officials in the government, though, have said, Pat, that doing the bill would take too long. They're worried. They think they should maybe revise the GR. Well, there, there are several uh, common regulations. If you look at from uh, across the ministries, there are several regulations embedded to its ministries. Because you know, when I have a meeting with uh, respective government official with regard to the private data privacy, it shows you know there are a lot of uh, data that actually has been regulated but it's not connected one to another. So like, you know, family planning, they have their own data. Mm -hmm. A bank, of course, you know, regulated by the Ministry of Finance, they have their own data. And uh, Ministry of Telecommunications and Communication, they have their own data. You see, it, it depends on what the purpose is, but it's not really connected one to another. And also uh, for the identification uh, ID cards, you know, for the people, they have their own regulations, you see, but, but mm -hmm. all the regulation is, have a same purpose, yeah, but there's different focus. It depends on what sector that government regulation covers. You know, so what we like in the bill and the private data privacy bill is it covers the whole thing. It covers the, the importance of the right of the people, to, you know, and uh, for their own data, how they uh, use it and what's the consequences if they sign agreement and that involving their private data. Mm -hmm. So that's what we are looking for at the moment, you know. But if you look at that, there is a regulation, there is. But it's not, you know, cover mm -hmm. the whole thing, but it just only it depends on their, their purpose. But seeing that's the case, will it be difficult and exhaustive to really take all those different regulations or rules for managing data to combine them to say that the, the data privacy bill is that possible to accomplish that in early 2019 before the final session in, uh, in you late know, 2019? I, you know, with, the, with, with all the thing happened, I mean, the, uh, you know, the experience that happened since Facebook case and also the other cases, I don't think there will be a, a political debate or, you know, disagreement one to another because, you know, basically they are all conclude that they need to have that kind of, you know, uh, the umbrella of the legal matter. Because otherwise it's, it's difficult, you know, to sue or even to claim it back if something happened with the individual. So they, I mean, they have their similarity in terms of the understanding that we need to have mm -hmm. a private data mm -hmm. privacy. Would this bill be part of the national legislation yeah, program, the Prolegnas, that's in what we are, early next year? Yeah, that's what we are, uh, we are asking the government to propose as early as possible in 2019. You know, because the quota just only three bill that initiated by the government. Just only three in, in one year. So we don't want that the government has uh, something else yeah, proposed, but uh, yeah. make the private data privacy bills become 
probably the number fourth or number fifth, and then they fail to become, mm -hmm. uh, you know, in the government initiative on the making bill. Some in the government sort of blame Parliament, saying, well, we can't submit the bill because Commission One's schedule is full for, no, 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 for no, this year. No, it's not true. It's not true. Because of, uh, and I spoke directly with the Minister of Information and Communication, and he admitted, because he actually already prepared, he has a lot of resources, so he got all the information already on his hand. It's a matter of the administrative matter between the government and the parliaments. So the Ministry of Information and Communication should be proactive through the Ministry of Justice, because Ministry of Justice become focal point, proposing all the government initiative bill. You see, so I asked uh, Rudiantara to approach uh, Minister of Justice to ask him to put the private data privacy bill become at least number one or number two priority, since mm -hmm. the quota just only three, and, and within one year. So at least if come to number one until three, then there will be on the prolegnats in the bill proposals uh, priority mm -hmm. list. So know. Parliament is read, ready to receive oh, yeah. their draft oh, yeah. and ready to put it on the yes. priority list. You know, the, the beauty of uh, the private data privacy is because everybody concerned about that. I mean, myself, I don't mm -hmm. see that there are big political debates among the party. I mean, it's easy to convince them because this is everybody needs it. It's very much similar when we are able to ratify the Paris Agreements back in 2016. So everybody concerned and everybody understand that there are no political party debate done just only less than one week. That's a reality. Wow. This wow. is reality. We ratified the That was in less than one week? Yes, less than one week. The first ever uh, ratification process, fastest like the uh, ratification of the Paris Agreement. Because what? Because everybody concerned about that. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Private data privacy will be at a similar mm -hmm. tone. That's my reading at the moment, you know, from the political arena. In mid-2018, Rudy Antara, the Minister for Information and Communication, responded to Mr. Satya's concerns and admitted, although the bill failed to be included in this year's priority list, the government is now taking steps to ensure that the draft bill will be included in the priority legislation list in early 2019. I'm told that as the current draft stands now, it includes articles that would provide criminal charges against parties who intentionally leak or steal personal data. Can you speak about where the sort of the draft stands, what you've heard from your counterparts in the government on what some of the articles, the most interesting or important articles that you've heard you so see, far? You uh, see, you know, the most important thing is, uh, again, like what you just mentioned, you know, but what's the punishment? If there is wrongdoing on the private data matter, then that has become important because of we want to see there is a consequences if there is any wrongdoing on the private data from somebody else. So the the institution, whatever uh, you name it, at least they they have to be more responsible in dealing with the private data. Bank, for instance, I, I I'm sure that bank is uh, quite uh, rigid. Yeah, it's good governance probably. Uh, compared with the other uh, institutions because of the other institution they may easy to ask the data but easy to you know just use it as they want but mm -hmm. there is no really consequences if there is wrongdoing from from the uh, not from the users but from the institution who manage the data mm -hmm. so uh, i mean the punishment is become important and then the second is uh, about data storage you see data storage is also an issue at the time, but uh, as far as I understand that the government is a little bit flexible in that. 
as long as you know the legal umbrella is there so no matter uh, the data is stored in Indonesia or stored in overseas as long as accessible and as long as if uh, the government's needed is easy to get it then that will be not really an issue. What about uh, some of sources inside the Ministry of Information have said that there's a need to classify highly strategic data and which will require tighter regulations uh, and they had eight categories I think governance uh, mm -hmm. defense, finance, health, energy, mineral resources, technology, mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. food security. Mm -hmm. Would those, would data in those classifications be required to be stored or backed up in, in Indonesia? Yeah, you know, against this uh, more specific needed, you see like a reserve for the energy sectors. It has to be stored in Indonesia, mm -hmm. you see. And any party that use that data has to be get an agreement from the government of Indonesia because it represents our natural resources reserve in Indonesia. So, of course, that's going to be highly uh, classified. Even though people may say, uh, or may laugh with uh, my statement, but at least they know that we are trying to protect our data. I mean, from the health also, because we don't want to see, for example, military health. You see, because now we have insurance system, which is not really focusing on a certain area because they cover all the people of the Republic of Indonesia. No matter that you are at the secret agencies, or you are a military active, or you are just an ordinary citizen, they don't really classify enough. You see, all the data embedded to them for the health data, it has to be you know, treated differently because of you know, the, from the security perspective. So that kind of stuff, I do agree with the Ministry of Information if they put into classifications. So at least we know which one that really have to be uh, treated strictly and which one that probably a bit loose, yeah, and uh, which one that has to have proper store. So that kind of thing should be included on the, on the, on the draft of the bill. And with regards to, say, storage locally onshore, will foreign companies such as Amazon, Alibaba, or Google, or other companies be required to partner say, with local data center providers for the backup storage or other requirements? Have you heard anything about that and where would that be? Yeah, uh, I heard the idea, you know, the, just the, best, the basic idea in how do we manage with our data, our own data, because we don't want that somebody else manage mm -hmm. our data where they just reside outside of or a thousand miles from Indonesia and they got all our information, health information, insurance information, for instance, reserve information. That's quite funny, you know. So we like that government of Indonesia to regulate them. Uh, Alibaba, Amazon is one of the examples. They advance on technology, probably of, uh, they came earlier than the Indonesian uh, similar product like this. So they, they already quote unquote steal the information already from the, uh, the Indonesian buyers, from the Indonesian market. So nowadays that Indonesia also catching up and we like them also to be fair in doing their business, particularly for the Indonesian market. So I mean quite uh, uh, normal and logic if the government of Indonesia asked them to uh, cooperate you know, with the data center in Indonesia. But now question is who's the data centers? It's owned by the government or owned by the private sector or owned by just quote unquote Indonesians. It has to be- It's uh, still not clear to yeah, this point. Yeah, it has to be decided you know, which uh, Indonesian content lies, you know, in, in the hand of the Indonesian citizenship or in the hands of the government of Indonesia. As far as my concerns, I, I would like if in the hand of the government of Indonesia. So there is a government intervention on that. Rather than just leave it to the Indonesians, 
good and I good. See, yeah. You see, yeah, have, so that, provide clarity. Yeah, yeah, that that more makes sense. I mean, uh, in terms of uh, the protection. Amazon just recently announced that it's planning to invest over at least 10 billion US dollars in Indonesia over the next 10 years for its Amazon Web Services or AWS. And AWS provides on-demand cloud computing platforms to individuals, companies, and governments uh, on a paid subscription basis. Has Amazon been more receptive and cooperative on some of the points you're making? Are they, have you well, spoken this to is, them? This, no, this is um, you know, a matter of choices too. You see, they like to be partner of, uh, with the Indonesians and you know they have to uh, respect that our sovereignty and also uh, we're trying to adjust but again we cannot just be like an open air because of even space now is regulated mm -hmm. you see so uh, Indonesia with all the resources we have at the moment we're trying to protect our uh, sovereignty so we don't want that they just you know saying that we are going to invest such billion US dollars in it but if it's you don't like with our term, then we just leave it. I mean, that's, uh, I mean, for us, is, this is not the way we, you know, we cooperate with the investors. So I mean, the first to, under to understand with the host country regulations. But on the other hand, is Indonesia is also has to be more open. But again, we still keep our dignity. Mm -hmm. So and have you seen any response from Amazon on this point? Have they um, attended any hearings so not, far? Not on the formal way, I mean, but I heard from the associations. Yeah, there, there are uh, pro and cons, and uh, but again, you know, this is my my response to to your question. Would the private sector, in addition to Amazon and others, be asked for their input during the, the deliberations of this bill, or up until? Oh, of course. I mean, you know, deliberation of the bill is uh, you know open for uh, public. You know, that is our uh, way to communicate, you know, with the public and also accommodate what the public wants, yeah. Because we don't want to issue the bill and difficult to be implemented because a lot of resistance from the industry, from people, and it's, I mean, it's, it's no point. We like to have a bill that can could be implemented and have a strong reception from the people for the benefit of, of course, the uh, people and also my country. Mm -hmm. So that's uh, the way we manage our, uh, you know, this, you know, our management and making the bill. So, I mean, later on, it's Amazon, Facebook, and whoever will be a forum for them to, you know, express their opinion and their concerns. Mm -hmm. But again, Indonesia is a country, and they have to respect with our sovereignty. Uh, earlier this year, the state of California passed a new consumer privacy law that will change how companies handle personal data. The Harvard Business Review described the law as, quote, a landmark policy constituting the most stringent data protection regime in the United States, unquote. The focus is on providing consumers more control of their data, which is collected from them. And this law will take effect in 2020. Mm -hmm. It will only cover California, but the impact of California regulations Main tend impact. to go uh, mm -hmm. nationwide. Mm -hmm. uh, also in 2018, the UK Parliament passed the General Data Protection Regulation, or GDPR. Mm -hmm. uh, the GDPR provides consumer rights when it comes to data protection, such as having to quote-unquote opt-in when sharing your information, mm -hmm. and also the so-called right to be forgotten, where consumer data could be erased if, if requested. Mm -hmm. 
do you see the Indonesian data privacy bill leaning towards, say, the GDPR? Well, you see, I'm not saying this, but at least, uh, you know, uh, that's good. At least there is a country who initiated first or who implemented first. So uh, there will be a lot of lesson learned from them. So see what happened after the California case because of we still have some times. Mm -hmm. So we can, uh, you know, uh, ask their input, you know, from the implementation from the California case and also from the Europeans. So from there, so at least we can learn and we can uh, really, uh, you know, uh, see where we are heading toward the uh, bill that we are going to discuss. So in this data privacy law, it would also have so the data storage that will yeah. be included yeah, in this bill? Yeah, that will be included. Uh, data privacy, yeah. anything else that yeah. will be included that we haven't mentioned? Well, like what I mentioned earlier about punishment, <laughs> this is mm -hmm. one of the uh, you know, import clause uh, in the bill. So does this mean that government regulation 82-2012 will not be revised? Um, it's going to be revised, of course. You know, because of uh, once that bill established, that will be followed by the government regulations, which is referring to that bill. So the existing government regulation has to adjust with that bill. So it would adjust after the after data the bill, yeah. So um, there'll be the no, no movement on GR 82 2012 until, until the bill is established. Okay, that's yeah. fascinating. It's yeah. important to yeah. know. Yeah. Well, because of from the hierarchy of the legislations, legislations the bill is, is on the top yep. and followed by the government regulations and followed against by ministerial decree, by the presidential mm -hmm. decree, and etc. You see, if there is any new bill, all the common regulation that, that really relate to that bill, it has to be adjusted. But up until now, pa, I haven't heard much about, in the media, about the data privacy law draft. I've mm -hmm. heard more about GR 82, yeah, 2012. Yeah, yeah. So it's interesting that the focus has been on this regulation, mm -hmm. but when reality will be shifting to the draft bill. The draft bill. And so this draft bill will replace law number 19, 2016, the electronic information law, is that correct? No, this is uh, different. It's separate. It's separate, different. you know, because of ITE law, that's what you meant. This is different. It's, it has to be complement, you I know, okay. one to another. Okay, yeah. it's important to know. Yeah, because okay. this is a bill already, yes. you see. And the, uh, you know, we have a legislative body within the parliaments who synchronize the new bill with the existing bill. So the law for the ITE, the, the law number 11, 2000, 2008 and, uh, and 19, 2016, it is, will be synchronized with the new bill, particularly the private data privacy bill, if things happen, you see, because of uh, the legislative body here is one of their uh, tasks is uh, to see the proposed bill with the existing bill. Are they contradictives? or at the complement, if contradictive, they have to be revised mm -hmm. during the drafting the bill to avoid any contradictive once a bill issued. So you're quite optimistic that this bill will be on the prolegnos, the priority list for next year? Well, I keep asking. So uh, if you ask me whether it's quite optimistic or not, I mean, uh, it has to be come from the government. You know, government has to be really try hard so it's on the government now to, yeah. to perform yeah. and be ready. You know, if we have plenty of time, say if my term is not end by October 2019, that different scenario. If the government is slow in, you know, in, in processing that kind of uh, bill, then we can take over. Because if, you know, if the parliament now take over the initiative, become the parliament initiative instead of the government initiative, the process takes even longer. Much longer, yeah. Yeah, because of... Uh, you know, we have to agree to be agreed by 10 faction at the beginning and we have to have 
to be honest with all the resources and uh, we have limited resources you know at the parliament so it's different with the executive branch executive have a lot of uh, resources they can make it faster you see so i do expect that the government of uh, indonesia when in this recap this ministry of information uh, has to be strong enough yeah. you know to convince within the executive branch Yes, yeah, so that's the fastest route. Amazon has announced they'll be investing heavily in the AWS services, which I'm assuming will lead to Amazon entering the e-commerce market in Indonesia. In recent years, there have been many local e-commerce businesses that have grown. These include Tokopedia, Bukalapak, uh, Blibli, Shopee, among others. What type of impact do you think Amazon's presence in Indonesia will It's have on the market? It's more on the market, market share. Yeah, if, uh, if the Indonesian's uh, e-commerce also grew faster, so I think uh, You know, even though Amazon's here, uh, we can compete with them. How fast they service, how fast uh, they give a kind of you know good service to the customers. This is become uh, you know important. And what type of payment mm -hmm. that they apply? Yeah, do we have any uh, you know national or local payment system which is more secure, faster, and people more trust you know to that system? That's also impact to the e-commerce you know because i want to see uh, the indonesian or local e-commerce is growing because the market is here i mean if, if we don't really uh, utilize our own market i think the, this really uh, falls for the e-commerce uh, you know, industry in indonesia mm -hmm. president jokowi again you know he visited uh, silicon valley he visited us and also uh, learning about the e-commerce system there And they keep asking the local player that has to be, uh, you know, more moving forwards, you know, with that kind of, uh, uh, you know, s system. So for me, it's, uh, now it's a matter of, again, you know, what kind of services that they are going to deliver, mm -hmm. you mm -hmm. know, for the benefit of the customers, the Indonesian customers. Mm -hmm. And now it's market open, you see. So uh, even though there are uh, limitations, you know, for uh, company from overseas, you know, but again, it doesn't it doesn't mean that the local lowering their quality. Exactly. You see. Yeah. So what we like to see is that for them is to move and also competing with mm. uh, internationally so, yeah. with uh, yeah, healthy competition. Yeah, 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 the healthy competitions, you know. I see. So that's matter of uh, you know how far that Indonesian e-commerce industry really moving forward. Malam minggu, ayah pergi ke bioskop Bergandengan sama pacar nonton koboy Beli karcis, tahu-tahu kehabisan Jaga gengsi, terpaksa beli jatuhkan Another growing sector in Indonesia is streaming services such as Netflix mm -hmm. and also Amazon's Prime Video will, uh, be, will be widely used here as well, I'm sure. Uh, recent revisions to the European Union's audiovisual law will set local content quotas for foreign streaming services such as Netflix and Amazon. 
these companies will be required to allocate 30% of their libraries to local content. Critics argue that this will stifle creativity and have a negative impact on the sector's growth and that the government shouldn't be in the business of deciding what subscribers want. Early last year, Netflix partnered with state-owned telecommunications and internet provider Telekomunikasi Indonesia, or Telkom as it's locally known. Indonesian subscribers have been viewing Netflix's content dating back to at least 2016. However, the streaming service was eventually first blocked by the state-controlled telecommunications company Telekomunikasi Indonesia, or Telkom. Although the decision to block Netflix was not based on any governmental policy, the Minister of Communication and Information at that time, Rudy Antara, appreciated this move from Telkom. Telkom says that the block was needed due to Netflix's unclear legal status as a business enterprise in Indonesia and because its contents were unfiltered. Shortly after this block, the Ministry of Communication and Information gave Netflix one month to comply with local regulations, including partnering with a local operator or establishing its own enterprise in Indonesia. Netflix announced that it had entered into a partnership agreement with Telkom in early 2017. Will Indonesia push for such local content quotas in the future for streaming services in a similar manner as the European Union? Yeah, I mean, uh, the policy has been implemented, not on that sector, but in, in many sectors, you know, but the local content. And we have local content law, by the way. So uh, any kind of industry, it has to follow with the local content law. So there is no surprise for us. But the problem is, uh, how do we catch up with all the resources? Because we cannot just say 30%, but the resources is not here, you see. So now time for the government of Indonesia to prepare, to anticipate if there is any, uh, you know, uh, fast-moving industry like a streaming, etc. So we should be able to, uh, you know, establish good resources. So when we ask for them to fulfill with the local content 30%, we can really take that opportunity. Because we don't want a lot of complaint from, you know, foreign investors usually, you know, because of the quality is so poor, and also there are no human good human resources. Then difficult for them to really fulfill the local content. Then they ask for us exceptions. I mean, mm. you know, all the industry in Indonesia who follow the local content law, there are a feedback like this. So we mm. don't want to see it on the uh, streaming uh, business in the future. Mm -hmm. But it's something that Indonesia will be looking at. Oh yeah, yeah, of course. I mean, uh, we cannot hide, you know, from uh, that kind of business because, again, you know, fast-growing business. Vice Chairman of Commission One, Mr. Satya Yuda, uh, representing the Golkar faction. Thank you for being on this episode today and for your very interesting insights. My pleasure. Thank you. I'm Sean Corrigan, and this is Indonesia in Depth. Send me your comments and suggestions to info at Indonesia in Depth. Dot com and subscribe to us on whichever podcast app you use. Also, you can listen to the podcast on Amazon's Alexa. Just say, Alexa, play Indonesia In-Depth podcast. Welcome to Indonesia In-Depth. And, and it'll begin right be away. My name is Sean Corrigan. Thanks for listening, and I'll be back soon. The Indonesia In-Depth podcast is produced by the team at Lexico Indonesia, a political risk advisory located in the heart of Jakarta. You can find Lexico Indonesia at lexicoindonesia.com.